Would you please join me in standing today? may be seated.
What a man. For those of you who had the privilege, the honor of knowing him, you know exactly what kind of guy he was. I couldn't help but hear that sweet tenor voice coming from over that direction while that music was playing. LaDonna, he loved you so much. Thomas, Erica, Ethan, he was so proud of y'all. I got so sick of hearing about you. <laughs> he loved you more than he loved Texas Tech. And that's saying something. What a man. Like most of you, we were in shock when the phone call came. Heartbroken. Filled with questions. How? He's so young and he's so strong and he's so active. But I got to tell you, heaven gets sweeter every day. Regardless of our questions, regardless of our heartbreak, man, heaven's looking a whole lot better. To a lot of you people in this room today, you called me pastor for several years. I'd like to make a deal with you right now. I'll come back and see you if you want me to. But can we please wait until the rapture till we all get together like this again? I love y'all. And I'm honored today to speak to this family on behalf of this family. And for a man I call a friend. Please let me pray with you. Father, I love you today. God, I'm so thankful for the life that we're here today to honor. God, I'm asking you to have your way. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. God, I ask for comfort and strength for this family today. Surround them with your incredible arms of mercy. Let them know, God, you're still God. You're still on the throne. And you still love them so very much. And yet you're good. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
that God his son not sparing sent him to die I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden
How about now? Is that better? <sighs> well, I'm not starting over because I can't get through it twice. <laughs> he began to work at Thackerville Public Schools and became the maintenance and transportation director. And he absolutely loved it. It's not written in here, but he got to ride to work every day with his girlfriend and ride home every day with her as well. He loved that job and he loved that lady. In his leisure time, he enjoyed bow hunting, fishing and gardening. And most of all, he loved God and worshiping Him through music. It says he was the biggest Texas Tech fan in southern Oklahoma, but that was only on particular days. No, that's just a joke. He would root for them no matter what. He understood what it meant to be a Texas Tech fan or an Oklahoma State fan, and on the good, the bad, and the ugly, you keep rooting. That's just kind of who Gerald was. He wouldn't give up. Gerald was very active as a member at Long Grove Assembly of God. He dedicated his time to serving the church as a deacon, role ranger leader, worship team member, As his pastor, I could make that list a whole lot longer. <laughs> He's survived by his wife, LaDonna, Childs, son, Thomas Child, and wife, Molly, daughter, Erica Childs, son, Ethan Childs, and wife, Emma, father, Wayne Childs, granddaughter, or excuse me, grandchildren, Sawyer and Lila Childs, brothers, John Childs, and wife, Monica, and James Child and sister Tabitha Wilson and husband Richard. He was preceded in death by his mother Glenda, his brother Joel, his sister-in-law Rhonda Coleman, and two infant grandbabies. And as I've said several times already, what a man. I want to pray with you again today. Father, we're so grateful for a, a life, a light that shined in front of us, an example that was set before us. This father, this husband, this grandfather, this friend. Lord, he is with you. We're so envious, Lord. We loved him so much. Lord, there's comfort and there's counsel through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'd ask you today just to, to send the comforter among us today in this place. And Lord, may you be the one who's glorified. In Jesus' name. God sent His Son. They called Him
Today, on behalf of this amazing family, 
I want to say thank you. Thank you for your phone calls, the food that you brought to their home, the signs and the expression of love that you've shared with them over the past few days. They're so grateful. It's easy to see by the size of the congregation that's gathered here this afternoon. This is a man who touched many lives. On a personal note, I just want to say thank you to LaDonna and Thomas and Erica and Ethan for allowing me to speak words over your dad, your husband. I loved him very much. He was truly, without exaggeration, without stretching it at all, he is truly one of the best men I've ever known. If you were to look up the definition of the word deacon in the dictionary, I have no doubt there's a picture of Gerald Childs right there beside that word. And even though he might not have always carried that title officially, he always fulfilled that role. The office of deacon, as I understand it, in the Word of God, is simply to serve. Gerald was that in a nutshell. He was a servant. He served his family, he served his friends. He didn't care who you were. He didn't care what color your skin was. He didn't care how much money you had or did not have. Gerald was willing to serve you. Many times when we would be having functions or events here at the church, he was normally one of the first ones here to help set up. One of the last ones to leave after we cleaned up. He's worked with the Royal Rangers. He'd be so proud of you that you're here today. Man, he loved you. There was times he wanted to choke you to death. <laughs> and your daddy said amen to that. Man, he loved you. We'd go through times and it'd be Christmas time or... And I'd say, hey, Brother Gerald, won't you take the rest of the year off as Royal Ranger... Uh, teacher, let's, let's just tell them we're not having Royal Rangers and Missionettes for the rest of the year and, and you just take a break, man. You need to recharge your batteries. And he'd say, Pastor, I, what are my boys going to do? I want to keep teaching. Man, he loved you, buddy. He loved teaching Royal Rangers. He, he enjoyed, loved working in the sound booth. He sang as a part of the praise team. You may not know it, you may not recognize it, but he painted the hallways of this church, the foyer of this church, the office area of this church. His hands were in so many different things. Not long ago when the sprinkler line froze and busted and we had to yank carpet up and put it back down, Gerald was here, Johnny, on the spot to help us put carpet back against the walls and back in place and to get things back in order. He was a servant. 
I can't count all the times that I'd turn around, I'd be working on something, I'd turn around and he'd be there. Dude, how'd you get a key? He'd just show up. He didn't think his pastor ought to be doing it by himself, so he'd just show up. One of the last times I was putting lights up under the pavilion, I kind of like to do stuff that, like that for myself. I, I didn't necessarily not want help, but I kind of like doing stuff like that. And I was hanging those lights under that pavilion, and I'd hang one and fight the cord to get it over, and I'd hang another one and fight the cord to get it over. And like I said, I turned around, and Gerald's standing there, and he said, What are you doing, Pastor? And I said, Oh, brother, I'm just hanging some lights up. And he said, Well, you're not hanging them by yourself anymore. Nothing to do him. There was no way I was going to do that by myself. He served his church, he served his pastor, he served his friends. I would imagine we could take time and go around this room today and give you the opportunity to speak and you could talk about the things that Gerald did to help you. And he served his family. He loved you guys so much. And as I mentioned before, he was so proud of you all. And them grandbabies came along and the rest of y'all had to take a back seat. As it should be. Ultimately, he, he served his church, he served his friends, he served his pastor, he served his family, but ultimately, Gerald served his God. See, in serving us, he was actually serving the Lord. Man, he was so smart. We're gathered to pay honor and respect and really, yes, yeah, celebrate. Celebrate the life of this incredible guy. And yes, I know our hearts are breaking, and, but we're not here to mourn. We're not here to mourn. We're here to honor and we're here to celebrate a life that was well lived. Does it seem tragic that it was cut short? Sure. But you know the promise of the word in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8 says when we're absent from our body as a child of God that we're present with the Lord. And so I know that Gerald is with the Lord. And so why should we mourn? Our mourning's not for Gerald. Our mourning's for us. That just seems kind of selfish. You might have heard me say this before as we've gone through memorial services, funeral services, but as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, there's a lot of times you'll stand behind a casket and you'll speak words over a, a person who's passed away and, and you try to speak words of life and encouragement and edification onto the people that are there, but you really don't know. There's times you really don't know about the person that you're talking about, how they stood with the Lord, what their relationship was with the Lord, but, but man, I stand before you today and I have all confidence... I've got all confidence today that this was a man of God who had given his life to the Lord and lived every moment of his life to honor and to serve the Lord. That's why I say it's not a time of mourning, but a time of celebration. He loved the Lord and the Lord loves him. I mentioned earlier that 
Anytime we lose somebody that we love, anytime we lose somebody we care about, especially as suddenly as this, there's always questions associated with it. Why? Why did this happen? Why now? Man, things were just going right. Why now? There's always going to be emotions, grief and sorrow, and yes, even anger. Lord, why would you let this happen? God, why now? We have questions, we have sorrow, we have grief, we have anger. Well, I don't have all the answers today. But I can tell you this beyond a shadow of a doubt in my heart, to my mind. The God that we believe in and the God that we serve is big enough for all your questions. He's even big enough to handle your anger. He loves you. God cares about you so much. He wants you to know He's real. I only know of one place to find the answers. I only know of one place to find the relief for grief and emotions and anger and sorrow. There's only one place I know where we can find true encouragement, and that's the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. The Word of the Lord says this, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. You might have heard your pastor quote this scripture before. Verse 16 says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And verse 18 says, Therefore comfort or encourage one another with these words. I'm going to pray over you one more time. Father, Lord, as we dissect your word... Lord, as we open our hearts to hear your word, God, I pray bring answers. God, I pray bring encouragement. God, I pray touch lives as only you can. And Lord, we ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. And it's in that same name we give praise. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of... Thessalonians, we find Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica to people who had just lost people they loved and cared about as well. People who the Bible says had fallen asleep. Well, in all actuality, they had, they had passed. It doesn't talk about the circumstances. It doesn't talk about how they, they passed away, if it was suddenly or if it was a long-term sickness that they had succumbed to, it just says that they had fallen asleep or they died. The people at that time were a whole lot like you and I are today. Their hearts were hurting. The people of that time were a whole lot like you guys are and I am today. Asking questions. Filled with sorrow. 
in desperate need of encouragement. Paul, in the following scriptures, begins to try to explain to them. He begins to try to open up their their understanding of what's happened. I don't want you to be ignorant, brother, concerning those who have fallen asleep. I don't want you to have any mistaken ideas about those who have died. See, they believed if they died before the Lord returned that they had missed the rapture altogether. And he said, listen, that's not what happened. Let me try to help you understand and let me encourage you a little bit today. That was what verse 18 said. It said, therefore, comfort one another. The Living Bible says comfort or encourage one another with these words. And so the whole purpose of 1 Thessalonians verses 13 through 18 is to bring encouragement. I believe that if it brought encouragement then, it can bring encouragement to us today. And so what is that encouragement we find in the Word? Well, there's a few things that I believe it teaches us today. And the very first is this. We can have hope even in death. Verses 13, through eight, uh, 13 and 14 says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow, you're hopeless, as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. Some of you may have never heard a preacher say this before, but the only real hope in the world is Jesus. I personally do not believe that hope is found in things. Hope is not in that car you drove up in today. Hope is not in a denomination. I'm grateful and thankful to be an Assembly of God pastor, minister of the gospel, but the reality is my hope is not established in the Assemblies of God. Hope is not found in the world. It's not found in denomination. It's not found in money, fortune, or fame. The truth is when we pass away, when we go by way of the grave, all of that stuff is gone as well. We're not taking our money with us. We're not taking our denomination with us. We're not taking... I've always been taught and been a big believer that the only thing you'll take to heaven with you is your worship. Can you imagine the worship that Brother Gerald carried into heaven with him. Verse 14 says that real hope is only found for those who are in, (coughs) excuse me, in Jesus. Excuse me. So what does it mean to be in Jesus? To be in Jesus means that you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior of your life. To be in Jesus means that you believed with your heart, you confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and Him raised from the dead. That's what it means to be in Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What the girls sing, Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. I believe that because He lives, yet though we die, yet shall we live. 
Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Hmm. I believe with all my heart, Gerald knew the hope of Jesus. That was the reason he was so quick to smile. Man, Gerald had this smile that would light up a room and a laugh. Oh, he loved to pick on me when my cowboys lost. He loved to laugh and he loved to smile. And he, even though things might have not have always been going his way, Brother Paul and I were talking before lunch. Never heard him say anything bad about anybody. I never heard him say a negative word about the situation that he was in. Polly positive? That was Brother Gerald. He was always looking for something good, even in the middle of something bad. It's because he had the hope of Jesus in him. I want you to understand we can have hope even in the unexpected death of somebody we love and care about when we know Jesus. Jesus is our hope for tomorrow. He's the hope for the United States of America. He's the hope for every church. He's the hope for every boy and girl. He's the hope that this old world, I believe, is so desperately in need of today. Hebrews 13 and 5 says that the Lord will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Even in the midst of the most hopeless looking situation, if you've got Jesus, you've always got hope. And the encouragement of the word is today that there's hope even in the midst of death. And the hope and the encouragement in the word today is, is that we can have peace even in the midst of sorrow when our hearts are breaking. Verse 16 through 18, the Bible says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we get to be with the Lord always. And the truth is that in the world we live in today, peace can be rare and hard to come by. You look at the evening news, you pick up a newspaper, peace is hard to come by. The fact is, I don't know about you, but I feel like the old world spins more out of control every day. I'm glad I know who's on the throne, aren't you? Natural disasters, man-made disasters, wars and violence and... If we allow these things to, they can rob us of our peace. And then add to that the loss of somebody we really love and care about. Is it any wonder that in the middle of sorrow that peace can be so hard to come by? The good news is this. Our peace is not dependent upon the things of this world. Our peace is not dependent upon what happens in our government or in the economy. Our peace is not dependent upon the weather or the natural disasters. 
verse 16 through 18 says, Our peace comes from this. I believe it comes in the knowledge that death is not the end of the story. Boy, that should bring you some comfort today. The Word of God says that one day, I believe soon and very soon, that a trumpet's going to sound. Did I come to a Pentecostal church? <laughs> a trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ get up first. Brother Gerald, I'm a little jealous. The dead in Christ rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. There's no grave that's going to hold my brother down. Sidebar, side note, rabbit trail. I couldn't speak to y'all today if I didn't have at least one rabbit trail. Gerald was laughing at me today. Because when the funeral director called and said, hey, they want you to do the service and, and they want you to do graveside at McAllister. And I said, okay. I thought they meant McAllister, Oklahoma, y'all. <laughs> and I was thinking, how in the world are we going to get there before dark, you know? I'm glad it's not McAllister, Oklahoma. I'm just... Jesus said in John 11 and 25, He said, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. He who believes in me, even though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Man, what a great source of peace. Our brother's not dead. He's not. He may have left that physical body. But man, he's in the presence of Jehovah Jireh. He's in the presence of the Most High God. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Man, there's coming a day when... Death has lost its sting. The grave has lost its hold. Death is not the end of the story for Brother Gerald today. Death is not final. It's not over, LaDonna. It's just I'll see you a little later. The encouragement, the source of peace we have in the middle of sorrow is that death's not final. Oh, and one more encouragement I find in the Word today is this. We have a promise that's bigger. It's bigger than our pain. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Least you sorrow as others who have no hope. You have a reason for hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will get up first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we, 
we shall be with Him always. His Word overflows with promise. From Genesis through to Revelation, you'll find promise after promise after promise after promise. And the promise of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, the promise I find in the Word of God today that's bigger than the pain we're going through is the promise of a one day soon reunion. No matter the sorrow, the separation, how hopeless it might seem, no matter the death or how sudden it may have been, the promise of the Word of God is when the Lord comes... We get to all be together with Him one more time. Yeah. Reunion. No more separation. No more sorrow. No more tears. No more pain. That's bigger than any temporary pain we might go through right now. I've been blessed in my life with so many precious friends, family members, People I've loved, people that have influenced and affected my life, left their fingerprints on my life. I count Brother Gerald as one of them. Some of them, some of them were separated from because of distance. I don't get to see you every day. I don't get to see you once a week because we don't live nearby anymore. We're separated by distance. Some people were separated because I moved away and some people I'm separated from because they moved away. And still there's others that were separated from because they passed away. It's rarely a day that goes by. In fact, there's not a day that goes by that a memory of my mother doesn't flash through my mind. Brother Hubert McGahan runs through my mind all the time. Part of the blessing of loving people are the memories we get to hang on to. I know it stings. I know there's times when you think, oh man, could I just get past this? Could I just stop thinking about this? Don't. Don't. Hold on to those memories. Because those memories and the pain that are associated with them many times... Man, it's simply a sign of the love that you shared together. You don't hurt over people you don't love or that didn't love you. Source of pain that's brought on by separation. I want to encourage you today as your friend. Thomas, it's just temporary, buddy. The Bible says for those who are in Christ Jesus, those who have gone before us in Christ Jesus, those who have accepted Him as Lord and Savior of their life, that they shall get to get up first. Your Father was in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus was in Him. And so when that trumpet sounds, Brother Gerald's rising up. But the next part of it, y'all, The next part of it's up to us. If we want to be a part of the reunion, if we want to be able to be a part of that great homecoming, then it's up to us to be in Christ Jesus and to allow Him to be in us as well.
to know Him as our Savior, to accept Him into our heart, to walk with Him, to talk with Him, to follow the example, the light that shined in front of us in a man named Gerald Childs. The encouragement of the Word of God today is that death is not final <laughs> and that there's a promise. There's a promise so much bigger than the pain that you may be going through today. Hmm. It's okay. It's okay to shed tears. It's okay. It's okay to grieve. But it's not the end of the story. It's not over. For our hope is, soon and very soon, we get to celebrate together with our Lord and Savior. I want to pray with you one more time today, please. Father, thank you. Thank you for a life that was lived in front of us and an example that was set. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in Jesus. We can be forgiven from our sins. We can be made new creations. All the old can go away and the brand new can come through Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, today that it's not the end of the story. Death is not final. Lord, I'm asking you today to help us all be a part of this incredible reunion that is yet to come. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We ask all of these things be made done. In Jesus' name, amen. is
Softly to my soul. 